Hi, everyone. It's Paul Miller of the Free Time Free Spill Podcast. And today we're we're going to be talking like the music industry and like um, it's, a, it's a great topic and and we'll get started. So if you can introduce yourself, it'll be great. Sure. So, hey, how's everyone going? Um, everyone doing? My name is Hans Noby. I am a music producer and an A&R, um, an A&R for a label um, based here in New York and also Romania called Markwin Music. Uh, we used to work with the Track Masters. Um, we've also worked with Dua Lipa and a couple other people, Carlos Santana as well, because um, we have a touring agency. As a music producer, I have my own imprint called Room 380, and I've had the pleasure of producing music for All Dev Digital, as well as VP and Atlantic Records for one of their dance hall artists, um, and also music for Staple Pigeon as well for one of their uh, Nike ads. So, like, for those people that, like, some people, they, they're just getting into the industry, they don't know, like, AR, like, and the job of a, a producer, like, if you can go more into that, like. Sure. So for um, for producing, I think it's been sort of beaten to death online. So what a producer does is you're there from A to Z, right? So what's happening a lot is a lot of people will make the beat. They'll send it off to an artist. Artist records it, gets a mix, hopefully gets mastered, then put it out. In that sense, in today's world, that would be considered a producer. However, in the traditional sense, you would be labeled as a beat maker. Um, in fact, the producer of the record would actually be the artist because he's the one that put the idea together and put it out. So he's actually the producer. You would be labeled as just um, the, the beat maker. Uh, but for the role of a music producer, you're, you're there from making the beat, writing the melody, finding the songwriter, getting it to the artist, pitching the song to the, to the artist, which is a very key thing. Um, I think that's something that a lot of producers need to work on, which is how to pitch a record. Um, you know, beats are relatively easy, but if you have something that has a hook and idea, it's very, it's actually much easier to get the song placed on their album. So you're there from that, the recording session, you're doing the vocal production, even if it's just a rapper. Um, you're there for the mixing, you're there for the mastering. And, you know, if you want to take the extra step, you can also make sure that all the paperwork is, you know, um, taking care of what's like split sheets, but generally that's taken care of either by your or the artist manager or maybe the admin team. Uh, but that's usually what the producer does um, from A to Z. Now for an A&R, my one year anniversary for Mark Wynn was actually this past May. Um, you are there from A to Z for a, a um, artist career. So right now the artist that I'm developing his name is Jay Daniel. His, he is a singer-songwriter from Queens. And i um, been working with him for almost a year now. Um, but I am there literally, as an A&R, you're there literally from before the session, during the session, after the session, even after everyone leaves. Because um, your job is to make sure that everything is aligned to make sure that you help the artist create the best record. right? So an A&R can actually have the the title of a music producer one of the guys that i've connected with his name was um hero hero oshima who's one of uh akon's a and r's and um they recently put out a record and he's the one he found the beat he found the hook that was laying around somewhere in his engineer's um hard drive gave it to akon let akon do his thing and he co-produced that and even though he's an a and r he didn't really touch any buttons he gets a co-production credit because he's the one that moved everything forward so a lot of A&Rs, 
can be suedo producers um but a lot of anrs is just you're, you're you're just constantly in the studio with the artists i mean literally from vocal production to yeah it's it's it's, it's all encompassing yeah yeah like i i've done music myself like i, I started like in 2017 i've, I've dropped three mixtapes i'm still i'm still working on the timing like i never had a, a artist development like what does an artist need to um to develop as an artist like everything um nowadays it's not like the 90s and early 2000s now you have to be an, an artist is a brand at this point so um so for jay daniel just for you know one of the artists um one of the labels we we sort of and just just to kind of give you a bit of insight of course i can't say everything because you know yeah business and anything else but one of the labels that we pitched them to was empire uh which where they're mostly a distribution label but you can actually distribute um songs through their label and uh you know we we pitched him to, to to tina davis and it was very hard to get you know get them on the line um but one of the reasons why it's a bit difficult is because not only are they looking at the music right the music can be fantastic but where's the artist brand so a lot of things that we run into with jay daniel is whenever we're pitching them till it was the first thing they ask is okay what's his analytics you know what's his instagram looking like what's his itunes number looking like spotify uh the reason why is because you know you are a small business so for any label even if it's just like what they what they used to call them, quote unquote medium labels in the um, late 2000s um they're looking for if we put money behind this artist how do we know we're going to get it back because no longer are the days of just a fantastic record um is going to help because there's so much music being uploaded to like spotify i think the numbers is like well it takes things like four thousand new records uploaded to spotify every week or something like that which is just insane so that's your competition so the music could be fantastic and your local fan base would could be just like your family and friends could love it However, if a label is not seeing the numbers, they're not, they're not keen to, to, to sign you. So not only are you there just to make sure that, you know, the image is right, the, the you know, um, the brand is right, the mu music is right, everything's right, the on-stage performance, which is actually a big key thing, is right. Um, but you have to make sure all of that is in line and ready to go for a package because at this point, major labels only want to sign artists that are they can literally just press a button and let it go. So it's um, it's a bit more intense job these days than it was earlier. Earlier, you just needed a great song. Now it's, you need the next fill in the blank. Yeah, that's great. So like, I listened to the album, the beats were like amazing. I, I love like all, this, all this, the songs and like the elements of it, like it's some good soundscape, the drums, the piano, all that. So what went into it? So um, like now the, the big thing is lo-fi music. And I come from, you know, I used to, I used to be an artist back in the day. I started on, <laughs> started underneath the name Hostile. Um, I was like sort of quote unquote battle MC. Not really, but like I was just a punchline rapper. Um, but one thing I learned about being an artist is that the only way you're going to sell music or merchandise is that you have to bring something new to the market. And so a lot of instrumental albums are just based on lo-fi, which is totally fine. There's a lot of great lo-fi albums, but the problem is that you're taking away, you're degrading the sound a lot 
And for me, I like more of a pristine sound. So originally, we got the ball rolling. Um, what was the first track? Actually, the first track was Shaka that I made. Actually, I released Shaka, I want to say almost a year and a half ago. And I just threw it up on my SoundCloud. I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, hey, check out this Tropical House slash EDM track. Let me know what you think, right? I left it up, didn't think about it. Came back like that Friday, had like 5,000 plays. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. The next week, I had like 15,000. I was like, uh, okay. By the end of the month, I think I had like something like 30,000 plays or something. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so, you know, I kind of looked and delved into it a bit and, I said, man, I really like the sound. And if I'm going to release an album, I need to make something that's different. So I said, well, everyone's doing lo-fi. I want to do hi-fi or high fidelity. Because lo-fi is just short for low fidelity. So I wanted to go the opposite direction. Uh, so the concept behind it was to give, put music in the market that's high fidelity, that's totally opposite. So if you're listening to like, listening to it like on title or like the high end like on spotify it can be changed the settings or even if it's on dolby digital like if you're listening to like you know quote unquote music theater settings um you'll have sort of a big huge sound on your speakers i want to do that on on purpose so that was the whole concept behind it was giving something new to music listeners to where it'll sort of wake them up rather than rock them to sleep that's amazing what's some advice to the artists, like music, even music producers, like coming up and even music business industry people starting out are been in it for a while that doesn't have direction. I would say that'd be the biggest thing. Um, cause you've been, cause Paul, you've been doing music for a while. So we, we sort of touched on this as well. Like yeah. when a lot of people here, here's the thing. I, I, my, my mentor uh, gave me some advice cause I was, I was dealing with, I'm pretty sure you dealt with, you deal with some artists that are not really serious about having a music career. Like they say it, like they gas you up. Like, you know, you, you get the text message every year, right? Around New Year's. Yo, this is going to be our year. This is going to, I get the same ones. And, um, you know, I, I, had, I had reached a sort of breaking point. I'm like, yo, is it, is it me and my, not around the right crowd, whatever. And my mentor broke it down. He said, there's two types of people in this business. He said, there's one, there's people who are in the music business, and then there's people who are in the business of making music. 99.9% of people in this business are just in the business of making music. They'll pay for the studio time. They'll pay for them. They'll even go as, as far as paying for the merchandise. But when it comes to like marketing, touring, developing a brand, pitching records to labels or pitching records for TV or just doing anything that will require anything that's in the sense of long-term investment, they won't do it because they're actually not serious about it. So I would say, one, see if this is something that you want to do. I would give yourself a year. Like if you were, if you're listening today to this podcast and you start today, first thing I would say is for a year, don't put any pressure on, on yourself to make it. Like that's the worst thing you can do because what if you don't like it? So for a year, if you're just making beats, just make beats just for the fun of it. Just do it every day. You know, send out a couple here and there. See if you even like the process. You may not like it. If you're, you're an artist, start recording. You know, maybe do a few shows here and there. I'll say do that for a year and see how you feel afterward. And then if you want to do this as an actual career, the first thing I'm going to ask is why. Um, because everyone, because you're going to run into the, the brick ball of like, again, this is a business. So you can't say like, I want to start a grocery store. And, you know, we have all these different grocery stores in every major city. It's like, well, you're not going to survive if you just want to do it just to do it. But if you say, hey, I want to start a black-owned organic grocery store, 
okay, now we have a niche. Okay, then now you're, you're carving, carving your place into the market so you can actually play the long game. But if you're just saying like, hey, I'm just doing it, just, you know, I'm just out here. You're running across like 100,000 different other artists in your city alone. And if you don't know what you're doing, this game is going to eat you up alive. It'll take all your money. It'll break your pride. And you'll look up a year later after that first year. And you're like, I'm done with this. Because you never had a, a real footing or real understanding of what it is that you wanted to do. Are there any resources that um, like there are available like anywhere in the country, like any resource, like even books or or um, anything like? Um, well, one thing I, I check, so I have like a folder on my phone. Um, I, I check like Rap Radar, Complex, Billboard, GrammyNews.com, Variety. Um, Variety, is, I'm 50-50 on because sometimes they sort of miss the mark on a couple of things. Um, if you're really into the business analytics, I would say hit up Hits Daily Double. Um, Hits Daily Double is a website used to see like how many, you know, um, records people are selling. So like, if you really want to know how many units somebody is selling, you know, forget what you may see as far as YouTube ads and Facebook ads. If you really want to see what someone is selling, I would say go to Hits Daily Double and you'll, you'll be sort of see through the, the smoke and mirrors. You'll be like, oh, that's how many units this person is moving. So yeah. Um, I would say go there. Um, YouTube's a great one. Um, your podcast is a great one. Um, yeah, I would say just, you know, go, go there and, and learn as much as you can about the, the business. Nothing wrong with artists and in, interviews, right? Cause yeah. we like to dive into working with not working, um, you know, learning more about our favorite artists, but I would say try to make a constant effort to learn about the business, learn why TikTok is is such you know, it's hitting such a tsunami right now. Learn why there's something called payola. Learn the real reason why things go viral, how things go viral. Learn why playlists are important. Learn why they're not important. Those things are going to be important because as you as your career grows further and further in this business, the worst thing you can do, especially nowadays with all the, there's like a thousand scams and some of them are very detailed and like they'll go as far as you're flying to another city trying to meet with people and you have no idea you're getting hustled right because you don't know the terminology um i would say learn the business as much as you you can as you move forward because as you do that things get a lot easier because you'll 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 see things as they are which could be good and bad but i think it's more beneficial to know exactly what you're getting into are there like any classes on uh, beat making, like small courses? On beat making? Um, there was this website called seethesounds.com. I don't think they're around anymore, but I used to I used to watch their videos all the time, especially back in 2014 when they were really hot. Um, because not only did they show like beat making videos, but like they were interviewed the 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 um the producers to go into the process. Hey, this is a new plugin. As far as classes, I think just YouTube, man. I mean, honestly, okay. if you want to, like, now YouTube is such a search engine. Like, um, I just switched DAWs, right? So I, I was a huge, avid user of Logic Pro 10. I, I love Logic Pro. You couldn't get me off of it. I was anti-FL Studio. But then what happened was my workflow got to the point where the, the DAW started to feel very bulky because I, I've, like, I use a machine sometimes, but sometimes, like, I just you know, just want to cook up something real quick and logic doesn't move like FL. So I had to make the switch over. Now I think, let's say I've had FL, say I got it back in March. So was it 
almost it was June, July, August. So I've had it for what four about four months now, and I pretty much got my my workflow down. I just went to YouTube and Googled everything. Like I would just, yo, how do I transpose this chord? Yo, how do I find the key of this sample without using some, you know, third party? Yo, how do I, you know, upload a new plugin and this, that, and a third? And I would say just do that. YouTube be your best resource. Yeah, it's like beat makers like uh, Curtis King. Mm-hmm. Curtis King. Uh, who else? Uh, Curtis King, Busy Work Beats, Internet Money. Um, bro, actually, another one that I don't think we know about um, is a uh, bro beats with a Z. He's pretty dope. Um, he's one of he's one of those rare gems. Like his videos only average about three thousand views, but like his stuff is like it's so the the shortcuts he has as far as how to make beats and how to do things different genres. It's like so simple that most people overlook him. He's very good. Um, who's another one? Yeah, any Nick Mira. Beats are pretty cool, but you have to you're gonna slow down Nick Mary because he moves at a very fast pace. But if you take the video step by step, um, you can implement his workflow a little bit and sort of make it into yours. Uh, he's an, he's another good one as well to to follow. That's great resources, and I think this is important uh, as well. Like uh, setting goals, like when you're doing the music from concept to marketing, like setting goals, like in everything you do, really. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's very important. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, without, without giving like a super long-winded answer, yeah, it's very, and it kind of ties back to what I was saying earlier, is like, what? why are you here? You know, why, if you're going to pay all this money to go to A3C or South by Southwest or um, Coachella or Rolling Loud, like, why are you here? A lot of people just want to be close to, I get it, you want the Instagram pictures, I get that cool there's nothing wrong with that Hans Nobi has a problem with it however if you see Hans Nobi at one of these events and you're just like yo let's kick it I'm going to be you know blunt with you like hey man can't do it right now hit me up you know next time I'm in your city or whatever but I gotta go to this panel or I gotta go meet with, the, with these people because that's that's what you want to be there for initially I mean that's what it was created for initially was for creators who come together that normally wouldn't meet each other you know, if you're in Little Rock, Arkansas, what are the odds you're going to run into Gucci Mane? Probably not that much in Little Rock, right? Unless you go to one of his shows and you can get up close enough to him, but you have a much better chance if you go to A3C or South by Southwest or, you know, or even, you know, even Art Basel. Like, even going there, like now artists are migrating there and, um, you know, you get a chance. So I would say, yeah, definitely have a goal and definitely know why you're in this, in this business. That's, that's super important. I was just looking over some notes. Um, so room 380, like you started at, is it a label? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a production label um, that me and my, my business partner Rivers um, created. We, we wanted to, the whole idea behind room 380 was I actually started making music back in college at Texas State University. Um, I used to be with this organization called Hip Hop Congress and uh, two of my very close friends at the time was also part of the organization and you know just like you know you, you live on campus you know you guys live separate but whenever you get the chance for the next semester next year if you apply to be in like the next um you know the the next year you guys can all be in a dorm somehow some way we finessed the system we were able to all fit into like this dorm or like 
you know, it's, it's, it's four people. Uh, it was, it was me, uh, my boy, Darren and Daryl, uh, who are both producers and uh, a friend of ours named Cameron, who was a semi pro gamer. And, um, we kept the lights on and the speakers going 24 hours. I mean, literally, like if I wasn't recording music, you know, Darren was making a beat or Daryl was making a beat or Cameron was playing Call of Duty at Gears of War, like with the subs on because <laughs> um, Darren actually got these new, um, he actually got some, some, some monitors, but he also uh, attaches old like subs to his, um, to his Xbox. So there was constantly music coming out of there and I wanted to recreate that environment. So I, I wanted to create Room 380 as a production label as being a, a label focused solely on just creating music and marketing it to the right demographics. So that's what we solely focus on. That's, that's wonderful. So um, what's next for your business endeavors? Uh, I think the the next big thing is signing artists because and just and just growing growing the the brand. One of one of my big goals is to make sh- is to release music and, and and keep releasing music in international territories. I've had music played in you know Budapest, Singapore, France, the UK, Trinidad, um, and been able to develop somewhat of a fan base there. I still want to focus on that. I still want to be able to take an artist from obscurity and put them on the road so that they can go perform in like, you know, you know, my own Botswana and, and go perform in like, you know, Morocco and perform in Vancouver and, yeah. you know, just all, all over the place. I, I still want to keep that momentum going in, in, in doing that. So that'd be my, my next goal is to sign an artist and just get them on the road. Cause that's how, that's the only way they're going to make money. I know, with the pandemic, it's not going to be as easy. Um, but just produce some music, make fantastic music, market it, get them on the road. Those, those, just in that in that order. So I know you you saying about like an artist has to really be polished before they get into the industry, and like them them coming into the industry, like they have to be polished. And like, is there un- any other resources like someone that helps with their uh, like their media or or other things like performance and stuff, like getting them on that level? Is there any resources like I was back then? Yeah, you can, and and that's where the the, the scams come in. So when I took this A and R job, I I didn't know what A and R really did, right? You, I'm I was like you, or like a lot of people. Yeah, I'm an A and R. Just like I don't know what that does. Like I remember in college, someone was like, Yeah, I'm your A and R. I was like cool. I had no clue what a and I, I barely saw the guy. And, um, you know, I wasn't signed to anything like that, but I didn't know what a and was. But um, actually how I got the job was through Twitter. Well, through Twitter and the internship. Let me, let me be fair. So I actually interned at a studio here in New York called Penthouse Studios. At the time it was called Terminus. And I met this guy named Marco. Me and Marco, we met up in anything else. And uh, he's from Romania. And, um, you know, we just linked up or whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm originally from, from Houston. I moved to New York in 2015. Uh, but what really got the ball rolling was Mike Dean. Now, this is, yeah, this is 2015, actually. Um, Mike Dean actually walked into um, AES, which is like the Audio Engineer Society. It's like, it's, it's like an audio engineer's own version of, like, South by Southwest, right? It's convention. You get to touch all the new gear. You get to see all the new stuff that waves and slates working on whatever. 
And my dean was walk. I'm, no, no joking, no kidding. He was walking around by himself. No one was bothering him. Me, being from Houston, I said, "Oh, that's the Texas legend." So I took Mark with me and introduced him and anything else. He had no clue who he was until he looked him up on his phone. He goes, "This is Kanye West's producer." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, okay." So <laughs> after that, yeah. um, you know, we we stayed in touch and anything else. And what happened was uh, in two thousand and late two thousand and eighteen, I went on a Twitter rant. Um, I'm a I'm a huge music fan before anything else so what happened was i went into this huge twitter rant and i was like i told y'all when wiz khalifa dropped flight school he was going to drop when nipsey hustle dropped bullets and got new names volume one he was going to he was going to blow uh when tiger dropped you know outrage or underage he was going to blow same thing with tyler I, I actually would listen to tyler the creator when he dropped this video uh check my french um, it, if you go way back into the YouTube, you'll see how long ago that was. That's when I knew about him. And I went and ran. I was like, I told y'all Cardi B was going to blow. Da, 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 da. And so um, Marco texts me and he said, hey, look, I got this, I got this uh, touring agency, but I'm also developing a uh, label wing or label department for this, for this uh, company that I'm expanding. Because Mark went focus was at one point focusing solely on touring that's how they would work with like carlos santana and and all these other different acts and he said hey look listen if you have the ability to tell the world when an artist is getting ready to blow six seven years before it actually happened then you can do this and then he broke down exactly what he, he would be expected from an a and r and basically if to to put it in a nutshell what an a and r does is i mean like i said before but to to me, I think the best A&Rs are the ones who are just fans of just music. Like, I love, I still go to SoundCloud. Like, if I'm checking emails, it was taking me, like, hours to check emails and anything, especially now because I've, I've been away for about two weeks. Um, I will go on SoundCloud. I'll put in, like, a, a hashtag, dancehall, hip-hop, southern hip-hop, whatever, and I'll let it play, and I wait till I hear something dope. And then the minute I hear it, I put it to the side and I'll start looking at the artists. Where are they from? Do they have any more music? Are they on Spotify? You know, what's the Instagram? Like right now, an artist I'm checking out, his name is Chezzy. Um, Chezzy is an artist from San Francisco who recently had a verse on Larry June's um, album. Uh, what was it? Is it, is it Loyal to the Game? It's one, of, it's one of Larry June's, like, the last project she released a couple years ago. And I, I checked out, oh, this dude verse is kind of nice. So I checked it out and I'm like, yo, this dude is dope. Chezzy's Instagram, I think he has, only has like 3,000 followers. I know for a fact he gets to write marketing dollars behind with something. He's going to be another one to come out the West Coast. It's, 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 he's a vision. Yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, when you hear something that's like authentically good and you're just like, Oh, it's just going. To, it's just a matter of time. Like everyone who's listening, who listens to your podcast, or, or just in general, music lover, you know the first time you heard, who's a great example? Um, Cardi B. We'll go back to Cardi B when she released Bodak Yellow. Every music fan knew, like, oh, this is different. Like you know that feeling, like the first time, um, you know, the first time you heard, um, uh, what's the song? Uh, Blood in my eyes, homie, I can't see. Yeah, the, the first time you heard that, you knew, like, okay, this is going to be something special, right? It's the same thing. Like, when he, it gives you that goosebumps, like, when 
when you start, when you find yourself trying to check out the artists and, you know, see where the Instagram is, where they have Twitter and you're following them and you're listening to all their music and you're, you know, you found something special. And so for this artist in particular, I know what it is. Um, you know, and of course, like my job as a producer is, you know, I want to work with them also and as an A&R, even though Mark Wynn specializes in, in pop music mostly, um, but it's good to keep that, that contact. Say, hey, Chaz, you know, I'm an A&R, da, 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 da. And just, you know, take it from there. But um, that's the fun part about it, the job. But it's long, again, long-winded answer. But as far as like the animal, I think that's what you need. It's just like, do you just love listening to new music? Like even the trash. I'm talking about like the, like I would love to get my hands on Lil Boosie's like first mixtape ever. If I ever find that, I'm getting that on vinyl. <laughs> yeah. I know like I, I've done, uh, I've done like rap songs. I've sung on some songs like, the one that my engineer had uh, put together, his name is uh, Willie Williams. And mm-hmm. I, I tried to make it boom bap. I tried to make it lyrical. Most of, most of the songs are lyrical and it's just deep message. It's positive. And mm-hmm. like, it's about life and it just goes deep. Like the words are deep and it just, it, it goes all over the place with the lyrics. And like, I, I tell a story, I tell a message in my, in my songs. And yeah. a lot of them are, are really good. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's stuff that I look for. It's just, that's a, I don't know, maybe see, that's the thing. So I'm, I come from the era of Sam Goody, FYE going into the record store after school or catching the bus there or to the mall like during the weekend and just going into that record store for hours and trying to find something that no one has. Like, I remember bringing home Kent Band the Snowman, one of Jeezy's um, mixtapes, and just playing that. And I remember, I think I was going to HCC at the time, Houston Community College at the time. And I remember walking, and I was quoting some of the lyrics, and people were like, who's that? I'm like, that's Jeezy. They're like, what album is that? They can't ban the Snowman. People like, when, when did that get released? Like, I love that feeling of finding music that no one else had got, you know, gotten their hands on. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love that feeling, man. Like, I, I think as, I don't know, maybe maybe as an A&R you need it, but I just think as a music fan, I, I, I love that feeling of just finding just a diamond in the rough and just being there first. I think that's the dopest feeling ever. Um, that's why I, I loved watching Nipsey Hussle's growth. Like, find, like having Bullets Bullets and Got No Name Volume 1 on a CD and downloading that from DevSounds.com, which is a blog that, that's not even up anymore. Uh, but them and, like, that piff was sort of, like, one and the same. And uh, just having that on CD, and I just remember I was like, yo, this kid with the Section 80 mix, I was about to, is he about to be the next biggest on the West Coast? I'm like, yeah, but you might want to keep your eye out for this, this Nipsey Hussle guy. And of course, people just like ah, he's straight. Like I, I, I vividly remember people going like, ah, he, he's, he's I, right. he's, he's cool. I'm like, all right, cool. And then by 2013 or 14, those same people just like, yo, Nipsey's dope. And I'm just like, I've been here since 2008. Where you been? Like I just, I don't know. Nothing. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, my I brother just, was putting me on a uh, Nipsey hustle uh, a long time ago. Like before I even took the time to listen to his music, he was trying to put me on it. Like. He's telling me about it like a long time ago, and he's playing like neighborhood nip. Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's an OG. Um, he's an OG Nipsey Hustle fan. But yeah, like 
it was at that time it was something special. Well, one of the reasons why it was something special, uh, not to get too deep into it, was that he had just be, he was on the run from from a case. Um, I don't want to speak too much, you know, in detail because I don't want to like misquote, but I know he was like on the run from like a case, and he had released it. And I think the song, the biggest song he had at the time was, um, or was getting ready to blow. He actually had a um, either it was either a verse or a chorus from Drake. Now this is like pre thank me later Drake, right? So you would think that song would have gonna blow because he had the case and anything else. He couldn't tour and and it was, you know, stuff sort of got, you know, a little hazy. But um, you know, at, at that time just as as a fan man, it was dope because I he he basically embodied a little bit of Ice Cube, definitely Snoop and and I want to say just a little bit of Jay-Z, it's like he took all three, put it together, and that's what you have with Nipsey Hussle. He could get political. Uh, one, of, one of his favorite songs of mine is um, uh, Thoughts of the Mind, which is actually on his first mixtape. Um, it was just, it, he just had a wide range, man. It was just, if, if, you, if you caught him at that time, I think that was like one of the best times to be a Nipsey Hussle fan because you could ride around to music that was, just, you know, that, that was, you, you just knew. If you were a Nipsey Hussle fan back then, you just knew that this guy was going to be out of here. So, yeah, he has a lot of albums. I, I listened to Victory Lab. I listened to another one. I, I can't think of the title, but mm-hmm. I, he has some like creative lyrics, and it's just the yeah. production was great. The my mom, one of my favorite, I think production wise, is Slauson. It, 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 I think it's the first one that had the red cover. If you ever get a chance to listen to that one, that's when. You can hear it in the music. That's when he started to shift. That's when he started to get like, oh, I have an impact now. And that's when he started to speak more of like a grand, grand scale. Um, I, I, I thought, to me, Mailbox Money is his debut album, to me. Um, yeah. Even though it wasn't supposed to be, but Mailbox Money to me is like, if, you know, if you're listening and you want to know like a good album to listen to like a refined Nipsey Hustle, Mailbox Money is like the mix that you want to start with first. And then you can work your way back, in my opinion. Why do you think um like all these rappers, like a lot of rappers like um from the last decade, like they they're like repeating what happened to Tupac, like like they're dying <laughs> and stuff and it, it's sad. It's uh I mean sort of the industry. Everyone wants to follow formula. And I see that with music producers as well, especially now with the, the beat leasing game, like everyone wants to emulate, you know, Ann Chamberlain or who's another one? Um, is it Bubby? Is it Bubby? Bubba Beats. Everyone's emulating his formula now. Uh, you hear with DJ Payne one. It just, it's, it, everyone wants to follow, you know, a blueprint that thinks that that thing's going to work for them. But, but what they don't understand is that the minute someone blazes a trail, you're going to be running behind the shadow. And so, with the artists, you know, in particular, you see artists all the time, like they're, you know, either emulate Drake or they emulate Wayne or they emulate Thought. Like now, the all the artists are emulating Travis Scott, like Future, Travis Scott, Future, um, Red. Yeah, like what they, uh, well, what they don't realize is that these guys are very unique and they have, you know, they've refined their sound. They also don't realize that these guys have been around. 10 plus years now even trippy red i think trippy red dropped his first mixtape back in 2014 if i'm not mistaken so he's he'll he, he'll be a 10-year vet pretty soon um you know it's just, all these guys are unique and if you're if you're again what do you bring into the market because if you're going to emulate everyone else then 
the first thing people are gonna say, like, oh, the, the worst thing I think that can happen for for you as an artist is is the minute someone hears your music, the first thing they say is like, oh, you sound like I think that's the worst thing. <laughs> I, I I do. I think I think it's the worst thing. It's like um. I, I took two artists um, that I actually compared. Another artist I actually kind of came up with when I came up, but another artist that I watched blow was a Gold Link, right? Yeah. Uh, and this is, uh, what's that song? She seen a bunny arm around me. Just a fan. Yeah. Um, before that, like, I remember taking his music. It was his music, Jaden Smith music, and there was another artist. And this was a conversation that happened in the studio out in a uh, Long Island, Long Island city here. And the dude was like, yo, did, you know, I'm, I'm the next. Da, da, da. And I was like, bro, you don't really, he wanted some honest feedback. I'm like, bro, you don't really sound different than anyone else. You know, I was, and I was, I, I said in a very PC way, but I was letting him know, like, fam, you, you don't sound unique. And so, you know, I was telling him, um, like, listen to this, listen to this, and then listen to yours. Do you, do you, do you see a difference? I was, and he was like, yeah, you know, but you know, uh, no, can't nobody do me like me. I'm like, that's cool. But I know you, the person across the street doesn't. So if I were to take gold links music, like that record in particular, and then yours, which one you think they're going to gravitate to more? Because if they listen to Gold Links and go like, man, this, yo, this kind of remind me of like that Memphis sound, but it kind of got like a different bounce to it. And, you know, and then what's old buddy with the second verse? And then it will play yours. We're like, all right, cool. What does it sound like? Oh, it sound like some regular New York shit. Like that's, so, I think that's the worst thing you can do. And the worst, um, you know, you can do to yourself is pigeonhole yourself to where you sound like everyone else. So if you can sound as unique as possible. Original. Yeah, original, go for it. You can talk about Trippy Red all you want. The minute his song comes on, you know you know what it is. And as long as he has that, he'll always be on the road. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, being being original, cause like it's like two ways, two different ways. You can, a lot of people they um they sound like the trap style, like the Migos and yeah. Like you, can, you can be a, you can have like your original sound or you can like you could try to sing too like you could have the melodic sound too uh like there's different genres in hip-hop as well and yeah yeah sure i mean just just do you but do doing it do it in a in a place where no one can do you uh when it, someone recently posted on instagram um and this is for the music producers of like you know all music producers we want to find our own sound Somebody said, find a plugin no one is using and just keep using a plugin until people start liking it. And I was like, that sounds so simple, and, but yet super effective. And they're totally right because it's going to force you to do sound design. It's like, I hate the way the synths sound. Okay, find a way to make it sound better. And I think that's how you develop your, your sound as an artist. Like, everyone has a story of struggle. Everyone goes through something. But what are you doing that's going to make everyone go like, yo, have you heard this? I think if you, you can do that, I think you've accomplished your goal. Yeah, I love when um when it has the create the creative the creativity aside and the production is just all great. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> another artist, Doja Cat. Like, he did. I, despite everything that's happened, it's come out recently, right? Um, when she did that song "Moo," like people were like, "What is this? This is stupid." 
<laughs> okay, cool. Then her mixtape came out. I was like, oh wait, she can re- she can really rap. Like, yeah, and she don't sound like anyone else, does she? No, she wins. That's why she's where she's at. It's not. It's not. Yes, the viral video helped. Yes. Um, but she was going to develop a fan base anyway. One because she interacts with her fans so much, but also her personality can shine through her. Even when she's making ratchet music, it shines through. Even when she's making pop music, what's that? Um, I keep forgetting. What's the name of the song that popped on TikTok? The the the, the dance. Um, even that, like it's it's it sounds like her. It sounds it just sounds like a ratchet version, but it, it sounds like her. She's ratchet. She's goofy. She you know she's a she's a smart ass. She puts all of that to her her music, so it shines through. For you as an individual, as a creator, what can you do to make yourself sound like you? It should come easy. If you want to be goofy, I mean, fam. Um, perfect example would be Tyler, the, another Tyler, the creator. He speaks to every weird black suburban kid on the planet. Why no one's come out with music like his? you know, long ago is beyond me, but there's always been a market for like the quote unquote black emo kid. It just, he was the first, he, he took it, he ran with it. And I'm pretty sure others, you know, creators try to run with it, but nobody did like him. Like he took it all the way left and he won. And so as an individual, as a creator, that's what you want to do. And that's why I tell, you know, Jay Daniel and other artists I'm, you know, I develop or just produce is like fam, go as Go as deep into yourself as you possibly can and then just stay there. Because the minute you do that, someone is going to hear your music or see you perform and go, ah, I get it. And when that happens, you've won. Yeah, Doja Cat, she had this video, like, she had, like, some cherries on her butt. And, like, she yeah. was like, keep that lunch up, that booty do. Or something yeah, like- you just, like, the booty do. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And the, the the crazy thing about that is that they're playing that song in Magic City. <laughs> like, think think about that. Think about think about the lineup. You're gonna play Migos. You're gonna play some Jeezy. You're gonna play some Gucci. You're probably gonna play some like City Girls. And then that comes on, and it doesn't mess with the flow. It's just like it's in a major key. Like, how does that work? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how does that work? It's because it's her, so it works. You know, it's but yeah. A lot of songs can be watered down. Like if you if you don't stick to original, it can be watered down and sound like someone else. Yeah, like, and the, you, again, you don't want either a producer or as an artist, you don't want to sound like somebody else. You can take certain elements and make them your own. Um, for me, as as a music producer, since I'm giving all this advice, I might as well, you know, say how it's worked for me. My top music producers um, is Alex the Kid that produced for Magic Dragons, a Southside that's produced for like G Herbo and a slew of others. Um, another one is Babyface, Timbaland, like my top four mu- music producers. And so I take those elements and I put them into my beat. So that's what you're hearing on on the project on DriveFi is the, the, the huge drums comes from listening to Alex, you know, the kid. The beat pattern comes from listening to Timbaland. You know, the the crazy soundscapes come from listening to, to Southside and just like some of the elements quote-unquote pop elements or r&b elements come from listening to pharrell i took it but i made it my own right so you know pharrell all their music or all of it's in well the neptunes music specifically all their music is in the the minor seventh key Uh, they do everything in the minor seven right so it has sort of a jazzy 
heavy R&B feel to it, to where like depending on the chord progression, it can sound very like smooth and sexy, or it can sound sort of dramatic and dark. And so he's he perfected that and he just stuck with that. So if you listen to a lot of the early Neptune stuff, a lot of stuff is in a minor seventh key. It say what you want, but that's all he did. That and they they put buckets all over their drums. That's all the Neptunes really did. Like I know people somebody says something on Twitter, they're like, I mean, the music sort of sort of sounded generic. And I was like, well, what does it mean? But what is he talking about is the sound design. If you think about it, the Neptunes, a lot of the stuff were just basic presets on what you, you know, what you hear on moves and, and, you know, it's just like, that's not really hard. But the thing that they're, that they're doing is they're playing everything in the minor seventh and the drums sound unique. That's all they did. And they just made it them, you know, then the brand and everything, you know, came, you know, behind it. Of course, Jimmy Iovine, sort of the, sort of the, the mastermind that sort of pushed, you know, Pharrell into Gwen Stefani and helped, helped her blow up. But that's the thing as a music producer you want to do is find those elements and just make them you. It doesn't have to be something super drastic. Just find something simple. Maybe it's you implement a bass guitar into everything you do. Or maybe it's something like, you know, I don't know. You, you only made beats in like F minor or whatever. But just, just find something that's you and just run with it. Some of them classical instruments go well, like it's a compliment, like a decoration over the beats. Like you have the bass, you have the drums and the lead, but sometimes a classical instrument might help. And that's where the Justice League wins. That's the reason why their music, the Justice it's, um, what does Justice League stand for? Just Undeniable, what's it called? Just Undeniable, I, f- I forgot, but. I don't know. Um, that's the same thing with the Justice League. It's just like, what if we made some, you know, um, orchestral cinematic beats like think about it, the concept of it is simple it's okay so what's what are the instruments in the, you know in the, in the beat you were here you know in, on a cinematic track okay cool let's make it into a beat again something that was relatively simple that they implemented and ran with it now they make some of the best highest quality hip-hop music to date like to this day i can still play maybach music one and it's going to shut the club well not shut the club but it's going to shut the room down because just the way it sounds you can't you can't get away from those strings so like x and toxion and juice world like they they were really talented like juice world plays yeah. guitar yeah 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 he that was um yeah that that was that was sad just as a and not not take it that deep, but just as a black male, maybe because of the current climate of the way things are, but just as a black male, it's, it's very sad to see two kids so young just be taken out of here. Um, yeah. You know, especially extension, especially how it happened and everything that happened around it. Um, he was definitely going to be something special. He was definitely going to lead. I I was actually the saddest to me. The saddest part about his death was that if you. If you can find those archive IG stories or IG videos, he started to speak, speak a different language. And what I mean by that is he started to say, you know, do you, you know, embrace what makes you different, uh, you know, love one another. It was, a, it, was a, it was a different speech. You know, of course, he was a very emotional guy and he was very angry, especially at the time when he was beefing with the Migos. But you could see the change. Like it was, it was like, oh, okay, cool. He's getting ready to turn a new leaf. Despite the cases and the stuff that was going on with his ex-girlfriend and everything else, you could see it. Like, oh, okay. He's about to, and then he's taken out of here. So that's, 
you know, that's one of the things like we'll never know what that would have turned into. And same thing with Juice World was him and Nick Mira were just, I mean, you can't, that was going to, to me, that was going to be the, the next biggest artist slash uh, producer that you're going to see. Like how we look at 40 and Drake, that I think that's what we were going to see with Juice World and Nick Mira. I mean, they just, they just didn't miss. And so it's, it's sad that we're not going to see what that would have been 10 years from now. That boss was really cold. Uh, like, yeah. Ex and Tashion, he was being positive and he had an intellect. Like it was like it was it was different from some of his earlier albums. Like like his his vibe and, and his voice that when he was uh when he was vocalizing and talking on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, it, it in fact when you said up when um reference Pac, that's to me that's the closest artist we'll ever get as far as this new new generation. That's the closest art emotional stood on stood stood on his own was all about um didn't need a team. It was like, no, I just got me. I saw all I need is me. Like that energy, like that he extension was probably the closest we'll ever see to like a new age Pac in that in that sense. And um, you know, it's again, it's it's again another untimely death of a black man. You know, he can change he can change it from like the rock and the the metal, the 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 loud voice to like something calm and singing. Yeah. And, rap also like it was it was great like to hear him and also juice world like yeah juice world yes a lot of talent with singing too yeah now just imagine if extension had gotten to the i'm just i'm just putting it out there but one of the things i think that would have helped lincoln park like get back to imagine if lincoln park and extension did an album together that would been great i i think so too so you heard uh, Lincoln Park, like I remember a song, uh, we're building it up, then we're yeah. keeping it down. Yeah. So you want to play any uh, of your of your songs? Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, let me actually pull this up. Hopefully you guys can hear it, and well, Paul, you, you'll be the judge of that. But um, so what do we, we, we you want me to do? You want me to play like records I produce, or you want me to play stuff that's off the album? Something that's like you can do you can do both like uh just like something off the album the new album okay. yeah. sure so uh let me pull this up so this is from uh, my album drop fight I just dropped about a couple of weeks ago three weeks ago actually um so that the record I'm getting ready to play so I'll play a couple instrumentals and then I'll play some records I actually produced um how about that um so the one I'm getting ready to play now. It's called Shaka. Um, so actually, again, I, I, I made this record, um, I guess, a year, yeah, I want to say like a year and a half ago is when I released it. Um, but I wanted to make it part of this album. Uh, it was actually what the foundation for this album was, making something that was very big and very massive. And I think that, you know, for the listeners, this is going to be one of the songs that you'll play during the summer. So let me just stop talking and let me just play. But this one is called Shaka. Music. Paul, let me know if you can hear it. It's good. I hear it. Thank you. 
That was a shock. That was a preview of it. Yeah, that's what that's what I love about it. Like I, I listened. I had a, a listen to the to the whole album. But mm-hmm. what I love about Shaka, I like the the tag in the beginning. I like um, the beach luxury vibes, like tropical feeling. I like how it comes in with the the hi hats, chorus, piano, and claps. Also, the part is like someone is knocking on a the door, then you hear a woo. It's like woo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hype. Uh, I got I got that from. Um, um, my boom bap days of, of making, I actually kind of got that from a uh, cardiac. I produ- used to produce a lot of music for like Joe Budden and who else? Like Corey guns, Mano. Um, he was part of like Lloyd Banks who part of that sort of like resurgence of like those artists. He created a lot of the soundscape for, he's also produced for slaughterhouse as well, but um, always like those elements uh, in the music. Yeah. It's good energy. I appreciate it. When the beat drops and when the uh, like I, I like at the end like when you you strip some of the instruments and it's just one, it's, it's good. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's me being a novice uh, piano player. So please don't ever ask me to play live. But you know I'm a good studio piano player. But in real life, I'm <laughs> don't ask me to do it. Always something to learn. Uh, you want to shout out any links or uh, people that help you along the way? Uh, links, yeah, uh, hansnobi.com, uh, which is spelled H-A-N-Z-N-O-B-E.com. Uh, but as far as people that helped me along the way, I mean, it's countless others. Um, I don't know who to start. I, I guess Hip Hop Congress, uh, which was sort of put the battery in my back. Uh, uh, that was, it was a student organization at Texas State, and, um, they, they use hip hop to educate people, really, what it was. There's a whole bunch of people that used to freestyle that, one excuse of freestyle in the room and host battles. Um, but, but them, um, I guess recently, I guess, uh, my, my whole, my whole team, uh, room 380. Uh, so shout out to Shannon Hurley, Nico, Maddie Mars, Rivers, uh, Jay Daniel, Sands out in London. Um, as far as Peter, let's see, Trevor Piper was one of my mentors, uh, Keith Watson, K-Dub, as well as Aaron Freedom Lyles, uh, the producers that helped me out, Risco Funk, um, I mean, I can, I can keep David Miller. I mean, I can keep going, but those are the ones that pop up to my mind. Now, if I forgot you, my, my apologies. I kind of got put on the spot. Yeah, it's, it's great talking to you. And like, I love music myself. Like it's, it's fun to create and turn your dreams into reality and just produce something. And it's really great to uh, make music. Uh, I look forward to uh, listening to your, your future stuff too. 
appreciate it, man. Definitely appreciate you you having me. And shout out to all you, all your listeners. I really appreciate you guys just taking time out just to listen to like some huge music fan that decided to try to you know get a job in it. So <laughs> much appreciation here. It's great talking to you. Thank you. Likewise. Peace.